Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Taiwan Factory Podcast, where we talk with people who either own a factory or are doing some interesting work here. Today's guest is Enoch Burgos, and he is the director of partnership marketing at Reallusion. He's originally from Honduras, but built a great life here in Taiwan. His secret is to start the day early and then engage 100%. He is so knowledgeable about Reallusion's product lineup and his enthusiasm about what these software tools can do for people is nonstop. In this episode, you'll also meet Yvette Nguyen, who is our new marketing manager at Lone Star. She's from Vietnam and works for us in our new Taipei City location. When I was setting up my equipment for this podcast at the Red Point Brewing Tap Room, I met no less than 10 of Enoch's friends who came out to support him. Needless to say, we had a great time. I'll post some links so that you can find out more about Enoch and Reallusion. Let's get started. Well, here I am at Red Point Brewing, and I am here with Enoch Burgos. Correct, Burgos. Burgos, thank you. That's a great name, and it's. I understand it's not uh, familiar in even where you're from. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into that. And so Enoch is is a marketing manager at a really cool company called Reallusion. And they have these innovative 3D type products and we're just gonna get into that and talk more about it. So Enoch, go ahead and introduce yourself. All right, so thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's nice to be here. My name is Enoch Burgos and I am a native from Honduras, um, small little seaside town called La Ceiba. I have been in Taiwan for about 22, 23 years and I am the director of partnership marketing for an American company called Reallusion. We specialize in 2D and 3D software and content development. Um, Our tools are used for for everything from digital human uh, creation, um, video game characters, uh, 3D animation, ArcViz, um, educational aspects and well you name it you know that was when I was looking at the website I wasn't really certain about what you guys actually do and who would be your typical customer good question um, I would imagine animators in general people who want to create animations as you know for a short film or they want to do an animation for a commercial we also have a lot of game developers user tools um, educators you know, interestingly, there's a lot of educators that use our, our, our software. So what makes it so attractive is that our tools, they, they are real-time animation tools. So what, what does that mean? In the past, when you wanted to create an animation, you'd use traditional software like 3ds Max or Maya, and you would have to keyframe everything. So what does that mean? If you want to have an avatar do a simple walk cycle, you would have to first model the character from scratch, then you would have to rig the character, um, then come the textures, the materials, clothing and everything. And by the time the character's ready, you spend at least a month, and now comes the good part where you want to animate the character. So in a, in a walk cycle, as simple as just, you know, just left foot, right foot, you would have to keyframe every frame. And it can be a bit painful if you don't have that experience. Even if you know what you're doing, it takes a lot of time. So that's when we come in. Our forte is basically identifying the processes in the workflow and then figuring out what is monotonous and what we can automate. 
and we use beautiful al algorithms to just accelerate that process. We also have tons of pre-made content, so you don't have to start from scratch. So originally, instead of having, if you want to just create a character, you don't have to model that character anymore. You can simply go into the content manager, grab an, an avatar, then you could bring in a photograph. We have an AI plugin called Headshot that allows you to extract the visual cues of your facial features and generate a, a, a likeness mesh. And then it can also extract the textures from that photograph and apply that onto your character. So um, our software is called Character Creator. Great name, obviously. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's, it, is, it sounds very, it sounds like it's very powerful software. And it's, it's complicated to someone like me that has not used that type of software yet. But I just briefly looked at the website and you guys have some really great YouTube tutorials out there that people can use. But let's step back a little bit. Okay. Alex, you've been at this job a long time, huh? <laughs> About maybe 13 years or so. Yeah. Wow. 13 years at one job, especially in a foreign country. Yes. That is quite a unusual thing, I think, in Taiwan for a long time expat. It is. And oh, also, before I forget, I want to introduce a marketing manager for my company, Yvette Nguyen. She's from Vietnam and just joined us a few weeks ago full time and is out there writing content for us, which is, of course, very different from the content that you guys generate. Hello, Yvette. Nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. And in case it's noisy for people listening in, we are in a craft beer bar inside Taipei, Taiwan, called Red Point Tap Room. Red Point Brewing is brewed right here in Taiwan. Uh, two American guys are doing a really great job at getting good beer, good craft beer here made. And so, yeah, it's exciting stuff. Here we are on a Friday night, hanging out in Taipei and getting to meet Inok and understand his view on things. So tell me about yourself. Like, how did you get here? Oh, it's a, so you want the short version or the long, long version? I think it has to be a long version, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we want you to hear that. Yeah. I'll, I'll make it interesting. <laughs> be curious. So yeah. um, I'm from Honduras. Um, originally, I am an industrial engineer. I graduated by 21, 22, and then I had the chance to work with a machinery company in Ilan, um, actually Luotong Ilan, which is the east side of Taiwan. This uh, Taiwanese uh, machinery corporation, they were looking for an engineer, someone that was young, and they offered me a contract. You know, being young and dumb, you're like, yeah, I've never been to Asia, I'd like to go. Wow. And uh, it was exciting. Um, I worked with them for about a year. But then during that time, I realized I did not like sitting down as, a, as an engineer and designing all day long. I, I, okay. I, I appreciated the business aspects of things. I, I love talking to people. I love, I don't know, I, I guess I like to sell. I'm pretty good at that. That's good. Um, so, you know, after that first year, I said, thank you. They wanted to renew my contract. I, I said I appreciated it, but I wanted to go back. Um, and right before I did, um, I was invited to this uh, party in the Honduran embassy. And I was told that in Taiwan, they were starting the first um, fully English, uh, English taught programs for MBAs. Um, and um, so, you know, I was interested. I, I got some of the, the, the paperwork. I went back to Honduras, I applied, and I got accepted. I got accepted into National Chenshi University in Oh, that's Chenda. great. Yeah, you know, in your, your English, like, if I were to run into you in the United States, mm -hmm. I would have no idea 
that you were from Honduras originally because yeah, you have no lot. accent. You have zero accent. Well, I, I think I was just lucky. Um, I, you know, Honduras is known as a banana republic, right? So back a hundred years ago, we had a lot of American fruit companies come down and they would bring the executives of these fruit companies and their entire families. So these, these corporations would set up American schools in Honduras. Um, if you had the means to afford these private schools, you could send your kids. I was very, very lucky. My parents uh, could send all three of us. So I had American teachers in Honduras all my life. Um, obviously, TV helps. I was glued to the TV all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think your outgoing personality, wanting to get out there and talk to people, that helps a lot too. I mean, yes, you definitely. just to learn other languages. How many languages do you speak? Only three. Well, Only I three. guess two and a half. <laughs> my Mandarin is still shaky after 20 years, which is embarrassing. Um, I, I blame it on my job and my friends. So yeah, hi guys. Oh, besides that, there is a huge group of support network here that I was not expecting. I got here a few minutes earlier and turned around and they said, oh, you're here for Enoch. And I'm like, what? <laughs> There's one, two, three, four, five, six. At least 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah we I only counted go. six, but yeah, that's awesome to have a great support network. Oh yeah. And it's fun to get out on a Friday night. So yeah, it's great to so, see so everybody. It's part, it's part of the community of expats that we have in Taipei and Taiwan also, right? Um, you know, you, you live here for so long, you, you naturally gravitate to other foreigners who have made a life here. And then we hang out, we take care of each other, we help each other out, and yeah. Yeah, I actually, I have to say that we met at a Curry Council dinner. <laughs> curry Council is a Canadian thing, right? I think so, yes. But I just joined because it's fun. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm from Texas, <laughs> um, born in Florida, but most recently Texas. But I enjoy the different activities. You know, we participated in things like Sapa Fest. We just enjoy participating because it's Taiwan's such a small island. You can do that here. You can just go join an event and it's yes. awesome. And there's a lot of them. I've, I've been part of uh, also Tech Times, I think it's called, or mm -hmm. Tech Taipei. Um, it's arranged by Tim Handley. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's fun to be part of these groups. Yeah. So, you know, that's the great stuff. What other things do you really like about t living in Taiwan? Oh, that's a lot of things. Um, definitely me coming from Honduras. I, I appreciate the convenience of it all. I mean, 24 hours for anything you'd like. Um, yeah, that is good here. I love the security of Taiwan. Just the fact that you could walk too. anywhere. There's no weapons. I mean, that yeah. that to me has no price. Yeah. I, I really, really like that. Um, it, it's funny, you know, after 20 years, I, I would imagine that a lot of people feel the same way. I go back to Honduras for two weeks on a holiday every year. And after six, seven days, I am pulling my hair out. I need to come back to Taiwan. That's how you know when you're home. You know, yes. when you land in the airport, you just get you that. You see ah. the flag in Taoyuan Airport. And you you're do. Like, you ah, feel happy. I'm home. You know, and you know, yeah. you taxi home or take the MRT home and you just see those landmarks and you relax. It's, you know, your home. And home can be anywhere. Exactly. When you're there long enough, it becomes home. I still, of course, miss things. Uh, what would you bring to Taiwan if you wanted to think Taiwan is missing something? Oh, it's easy. I'd bring plantain, I'd bring yucca, <laughs> I'd bring beans, like yeah. like kidney beans that we have back home yeah. and, and real tortillas, not the Costco type. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I would bring. <laughs> yeah, I've learned, I learned how to cook in Taiwan because, really? you know, being from Texas, we have a lot of good uh, tacos and things like that. And 
you know, I brought in a tortilla press, and now they actually sell maza flour at the Carrefour in Tianmu. I heard that. I heard that. And so we're, you know, we're bringing that. I came back over with, like, four pounds of pinto beans, and they stopped me in the airport because they thought I was smuggling some kind of drugs, you know, because <laughs> the little round pills in my bag, you know. <laughs> they oh, said, what it's, is that? it's not the first time I've had, you know, the TAS, um, I'm sorry, TSA and the States rip open my luggage because I'm just, I've just packed it up with um, Honduran products and stuff. And the, the thing is, you know, it's tamales, right? Honduran oh, yeah. tamales, all right. You can get them in a Tetra Pak, in a sealed aluminum Tetra Pak. Right. And the shape of it is very conspicuous, if, if you know what I mean. It's a little rectangular, right. sort of kilo-like. Um, so, <laughs> so they I, think it's something packaged. It's, it's so, <laughs> you know, and I, I remember the first time I, I, I brought probably 10 or 15 of these nicely oh. packed in my luggage. And I, it, <laughs> it, was, like it was a brand new... out of an airport <clears throat> It was a episode. brand new luggage, uh, lovely, a brand new luggage that I had. And I, and I used the, 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 the original lock from the luggage, and sure enough, they broke that apart. Yeah. I got a letter saying, yeah, we, we opened it and we're not liable. And I'm like, oh, because of those tamales. But it was worth it. I mean, it lasts for yeah. six or eight months. You're eating it, you know, a spoonful at a time. Yeah. How about you, Yvette? Do you bring things from Vietnam? You were just home recently. Did you bring anything back that you like to have from home? I actually, when I came back to Taiwan, like, I brought a lot of things from Vietnam. <laughs> I mean, um, I booked a ticket, like, I just booked uh, for 40 kilograms for the luggage, and then I have to increase. <laughs> you had extra 10 fees more, 10 more at the kilograms. airport. Yeah, in, on, oh. in order to handle the contraband, you had yeah. to increase your limit. Yeah, but that's, you know, it's actually cheaper to do that than it is to ship things into yeah. Taiwan, so... Yeah, good move, good move. So um, what could be improved in Taiwan? I'm curious if you have some of the same ideas that many of us expats say. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we, we all know. For one, I, I guess the immigration laws. Over, over the span of two decades, I can't begin to tell you how many foreign friends I've lost um, that have left Taiwan. I know it, you know, People yeah. who, who had the intentions of building a life here, people who started a family, people who really were invested in the island and due to the archaic laws they eventually just got discouraged and they left so that's one of the things i wish taiwan it is changing though it's getting a lot better now it is a lot better than um, it was but I, I i wish it was quicker I, I i do feel that you know taiwan can benefit from a lot of this new blood and new ideas um coming to the island because it's a lovely place and it's easy to fall in love with with taiwan yeah, I agree. And so for me, the banking system in person is archaic. Oh, don't get me started on that. Online, it's not bad. Online is actually quite good. But it's like you go into a different bank when you go in person. You know, that that's really tough. You need and, your grandmother's signature and everyone. And you have to write the, the legal characters, the old characters, mm -hmm. you know, that even the people who are the tellers have their own cheat sheets to try and remember how to write those numbers that nobody uses except in legal documents. And so, you know, that kind of stuff, but that's a small annoyance. For me, having um, a pathway to citizenship would be awesome. Without having to renounce your original yeah, one? Yeah, I just can't do that. I can't renounce my home citizenship. And it it kind of gets under my to, skin. To me, that, I think it's, it's, it's all about laws of reciprocity. I mean, yes. Taiwanese can come to my country, live, spend their time, you know, pay their dues and get a Honduran passport. And we don't ask them to give up their passport. Yeah. So same for it US. should be reciprocal for us being here. Yeah. And that's um, 
I hope it can change. You know, I there's some so people yes. leading the charge, like Tom Fifield, you mm-hmm. know, is out there. He's got that. It's just going to take that. That's how you lead changes. You get some good folks to come in and kind of push through it. But it's tough. I, yeah, that's that would be one thing that is tough for me. I would love to be able to vote in the local elections because I live here and pay taxes here. And I do care about the country. And it's only fair, right? You yeah. pay your part. You right. should have a voice. Yeah. So we'll see. It's a lot better than it was. So it we'll is, just keep, keep on trucking along and see what we can do here. And so, yeah, we heard earlier. So changing subjects a bit to your company. Okay. You're very passionate about it and you're very knowledgeable about all the technology. Well, I pretend I am. <laughs> no, you cannot make that up. You know about this technology. And I just thought to myself, when I looked at it, I thought, gee, I don't even know who would use it or how I would use it. You know, if I, I just need to sit down and watch some of the YouTube videos, what could I do with this? Because to me, I thought it was just for people who are making uh, videos mm-hmm. or anim- need animation from a commercial standpoint. But I didn't understand that it could be educators. Yes. So, you know, one of the, the, the fantastic things about our tools, especially Character Creator, is that you don't have to be a modeler. You don't need to know how to sculpt to create an avatar because everything is just using sliders and we can all use sliders, right? So the idea is that you, you grab a base character, import a photograph, you map your yourself onto the face, but then if you want to adjust the body, the eyes, the position of the neck, the shoulders, you know, the waist, you just use sliders. And if you want to morph that body into body B or C, you just acquire a content pack, use a slider to morph, and it's super easy. And it's actually very, very fun. So the idea behind this is that literally anybody can create a high fidelity digital human without knowing any type of, without having any type of artistic skills, without being um, a programmer of any sorts. And um, the output is actually very faithful to what you originally intended. And this is because the software helps you a lot with what you have to do. Yeah, that's just amazing. I've got to get out there and study some of the tutorials and really understand it. And so who is your competitor? Good question. Well, originally there is a tool called Fuse, but it's very, very limited. Right now, um, Epic Games, they're the, um, the, the, the corporation behind Unreal Engine. We work with them closely. We've developed plugins for our tools to connect with Unreal Engine. They have a tool called MetaHuman Creator, which is actually awesome. It's really, really good. It's cloud-based, uh, browser-based. And um, the types of digital humans that you can create are fantastic. But it is a bit limited um, because it's a, it's, a, it's a black box. You have to use the tools that they provide. Obviously, they have a lot of pre-made assets. And you do have limitations because at the end, they need to ensure that your final character is compatible with the, um, the, 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 the facial rig that they have to animate that character. Okay. So if you want to create very stylized characters, you can't do that. Obviously, you cannot import your own image to, to map it onto that avatar. You can, however, import meshes, which helps a lot. You know, you could wrap that mesh around that character and you can take advantage of their facial rig. So um, I would, you know, I would say MetaHuman Creator is, is a very, um, we don't call them competitors. We call them um, 
Frenemies? Oh, well, no. Um, well, the, the way we see it is like this. The, the space is big and it is our job to make all of our tools compatible with each other because as an artist, you have a tool set of, of, of software that you like to use. So we're not here to replace any of these tools. We're mostly there to accelerate and help you um, create something faster. So if you use something like Blender and you've modeled your character, but you want to animate it and you don't want to keyframe it, you could use our software. The other one for animation is called iClone. Um, and we have a lot of tools there specializing to specializing in creating animations a lot quicker. For example, um, I can drop in an audio file and then the system will create a transcript based on that audio file. It'll detect the words. It'll create that transcript. I can correct the words. And then based on that, um, based, on, based on those words, it'll go into the library, pull up the blend shapes and animate the lips of the character in accordance wow. to that transcript. That's amazing. And that can be done almost in real time. So um, our, again, our idea, we, we don't see people as competitors. We're basically in the same space to support each other because everyone is using all the tools at the same time. Okay, so people need to use a variety of tools to get to where they're going, and yeah, you guys exactly. fill a certain niche. So even with, with MetaHumans, we have a lot of people right now using MetaHuman, bringing it into Character Creator, taking advantage of the no limitations that we uh -huh. have, sending it back to MetaHumans prior to ending up as a render in Unreal Engine. Wow. So, you know, you don't really compete with anyone, you're just working all together in this sandbox, per se. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really um that's really amazing stuff. I'm I'm wondering like do you work how many what's your average work day here in Taiwan? Like is it like an 8-hour day? Yeah. Yeah, really? I don't I don't I don't do overtime. I don't believe in overtime. Um I I get I, I come into my office early. People tend to arrive at 9:30. I'm there at 7:30. Okay. Um I love well I live close to my office, so I love stepping in when the office is at least an hour. You know, I have the whole place to myself. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I get in there, I just, I just go. Emails, checking everything. I start putting out fires from the night before. I start, you know, uh, mapping out the day, what I need to do, any meetings or whatnot. So by the time people start flooding into the office, I am way ahead. And, and I love that. I have no interruptions. I need to copy that style, you know, because I'm also, I'm much more productive in the mornings than I am in the evenings. By the evening time, I just don't care. But yeah. in the morning, I can get a lot done. And so... You're a lot more creative also in the morning. You just yeah. woke up. Your, your juices are flowing. It's quiet. You're inspired. Um, right. You know, by the time it's 3 p.m., um, I can honestly say I'm, I'm done. Right. If I don't have to be waiting for a call in Europe because of the time zone, usually the best time that we can have a call is around 4 or 5 p.m. If I don't have to wait for a meeting, like, you know, I've got, I don't have much to do. And, and I love that because by 5 p.m., I am out the door. I do not do overtime. I don't believe in that. So I looked at your job description and I wasn't entirely clear on what you do. Okay. You know, it's like, it was like an outreach. You know, what is your job title at your company? So I am the director of partnership marketing. My job is to work with studios, artists, and companies from around the world who either are using our software already or have the potential to use it. So I work with them to develop case studies. I also reach out to companies that have interesting technology that we would like to either acqu acquire 
or that we would like to um, adopt into our tool and we could, you know, negotiate with them. So it, it's fun because I'm always on LinkedIn, which, by the way, I think it's a fabulous tool. Um, and I have a pretty good network there. I have every, all the players in the industry. So I'm always watching out for the, the, the next best thing. And it's, it's so easy when I have this entire army of fans and, you know, users from other software and other software that they're testing everything. You know, they're the first, they're, they're the guys that go into those alphas or the betas when they get invited and they come back to me and they say, Enoch, this tool is amazing. You guys have to look, have, have, take a look at this. So that gives me a quick heads up. I can look at that tool. I can download it, test it. And if I like it, I, I'll just reach out to the CEO and say, hey, can I have a call with you? You know, um, we'd like to have an arrangement. We'd like to discuss, you know, we like this technology. What can we do about it? So, you know, all in all, to me, it's it's a fun job. Um, That's great. It sounds like you're just excited. Well, you are excited. You get there at 7.30 in the morning. You, yeah, if, I leave if early you too. If people don't like their job, they're not going to be there at 7.30 in the I morning. Wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't be there for 13 years if I didn't That's like right. my job. That's you know, awesome. One of the things that I do appreciate it, and I, it, 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 um, it fulfills what, what I do. Sometimes I feel like Santa Claus because I, I, I've got really cool toys, and I just give them away, give them out for free. I, I find studios in, in France and South Africa, Malaysia or whatever. And if I think they have the potential, you know, I can, t I can talk to them, ask them, what's their workflow? What's their pipeline? And then I present our tools and they're amazed. Like, oh my God, how, why did I, I, I not know about this software? And then I'm like, you know, I can sponsor you. Let's cut a deal. Let's do a case study together. Let's do a behind the scenes. So it, it's fun because I'm always giving out all these toys and people really like them and appreciate them. and that's made my job super easy over over a decade yeah and then you get people that are promoting your product out there and just talking about it and great referrals plus people who know something about it when they've tried it out because it is complicated i looked at it and i thought hmm that it's would not, be a learning it's not that curve. complicated it would be a learning curve for me but it looks very powerful and very awesome so yeah, I'm going to get back out there and check it out. We'll do some write-up after this podcast and go pick something and give it a try. And so, you know, leading up to that, Yvette is, is generating marketing content for us on LinkedIn. So she's out there writing every day, and she's new to Taiwan, a new expat. So what advice would you give someone who's just now starting to work in Taiwan as a professional? What would you tell, tell Yvette as advice? Um, obviously, I, I think it goes without saying, this is the same all around the world, just network, you know, meet people, um, events like, um, you know, like, like the ones we mentioned, um, get out there, talk with people, join events. Um, definitely LinkedIn to me is such a powerful tool and I say it twice. I can't begin to tell you how many artists and, you know, people I've connected with because of that tool. So in Taiwan, like I said, you know, just just network and try to meet as many people as you can. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I think we're going to have a great time. And so I wonder, Yvette, do you have any any questions that you would ask? And oh, anything that you're wondering about him? Can I ask about the work, like about the work marketing? So I just wonder, like, um, for your brand, how do you make people well known your your company? Like, I want to ask about how do you marketing about brand awareness about get let people know more about your company? Yeah. 
Well, good question. We well, obviously, we invest a lot in um, in promotional tools. Um, we have an entire team in our company that works with the case studies. Uh, I have people who work with me. Um, we also have a lot of product managers, and as a team, we're always creating new content. Meaning that when we have a new feature, we have we can we, there's artists that we can contact to contract to create either a showcase, a tutorial, a demo, a behind the scenes video, and we're constantly creating that content either on our blog. We post this all over social media. We also have long-term contracts with a lot of media outlets outside. So we're, we're, we're often pumping out all, these, all this content and letting people know there is an alternative to the traditional way of animation. There is a new way to do things. 15, 20 years ago, it was probably a little more difficult because computers were slower, probably a little more expensive. Um, nowadays, it's 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 very accessible to get a high-end RTX graphic card, you know, get a high-end um, processor, and um, you don't need a suit a supercomputer. So it makes it easier because we have a lot more people generating content, and what we try to do is that we try to to amplify all the stuff that they create either on Instagram, on YouTube, on you know social media in general. We are often working with people. We have a program called the Pitch and Produce program. So it's basically like free money. Um, it's a little um, fund that we have. So if you have an interesting project where you are, we think you could use our software, let it be a film, a game, a VR, an ArcVis simulation or whatever, you can apply for the program. Um, we evaluate it with the committee. And then if you get chosen, you get four types of uh, support. You get free software and content support. You get direct technical support from our TAs, our technical artists. So if you have any type of issues with our software, we can help you out directly. And this is to create a behind the scenes video that we can market. And then after that, we provide financial support so you can continue with your product, with your, 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 your project, I'm sorry. And even after that, we have the promotional support, as I mentioned with all the media outlets. Yes. So it's a really robust team. How many people are in Taiwan? In Taiwan working? alone, we have almost 250. Oh my goodness! Wow, you guys so, have an army. Uh, well, so you know, <laughs> I, I we, we feel fortunate. I, I keep on saying this to a lot of people. Um, I always see Reillusion as being in a sweet spot. We're not a huge corporation with over 10,000 people, where you have a lot of bureaucracy and red tape. And we're not a small company of 20, 30 people where you have limited resources and limited know-how. We are just right smack in the middle where we can go from concept to product in a flash. You know, we can do it in half a year if we need to when other companies would take two years. That to us is a blessing and I think it's one of our, our major strengths. We move fast, fast, fast. That's People great. ask me often, do you patent anything? And we don't. We don't believe in patents, just like Elon Musk says, right? Patents are right. for losers. You go as fast <laughs> as you can, and if you want to catch up, good luck. But by the time you caught up to me, I'm two or three years ahead. Yeah. So we move as fast as we can. The industry is, is really quick, um, but we do have that agility, and we do have the resources to accomplish that. So I think that gives us wings, per se. Wow, it sounds like you have a great 
a company to work for and you have work-life balance that you're not working the you know long days or you have family here yeah yes I have a lovely wife um, I've been married for about eight years I have two little girls uh, three years old and another one of one year old both uh, pandemic babies <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of those <laughs> oh yeah you know you're at home oh, yeah, nothing, you're, else to do. nothing to do what else you, you know it happens <laughs> yeah well that's wonderful I think that's great and it's a little bit of an age difference between them too you can try and get one out of diapers you know before the next and, one comes and the along. older one helps you babysit the younger one and take care of them yeah kids always need someone to fight with you know it's it's kind of sad i mean i know i've i have friends that have only children but i think it is really fun when you have a group of family that comes back together yeah so yeah that's awesome i just uh you know out of this crowd of friends over here yeah, are there I'm, any I'm favorites sorry. that I, you I, have I, i'm sorry they're so noisy they're they're fine <laughs> Hey guys, <laughs> are there any favorites in the crowd? <laughs> well, I love them all, like okay. my kids. <laughs> you love them all just like your kids. Yeah, we do. We just love them in different ways. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I cannot me. wait to edit this one, and we're gonna go find some content from your website and let our listeners know all about Reillusion. Thank it's you. Just it, awesome. it was fun. I, I enjoy. I enjoy sharing what I've lived. I, I think it's rewarding. It's my way of giving back. Yeah. And I, I appreciate the invitation. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thank you. <laughs>